And welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Bit of a more upbeat tune this week, back to our old standards, and I'm joined, as ever, by the reliable Chris Keane. How are you? Very reliable, Benjamin. Thank you for having me as I check sleeper. We have ticked under three days until our rookie draft in 2022, so exciting times on the horizon for uh, season number three. Very exciting, and with that rookie draft coming up and with someone with plenty at stake in said draft, uh, Hod, what are your thoughts on it? Hod? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry to break the news to everyone here, but we are not graced this week in such an important rookie draft episode with uh, our third co-host here in Brody Hoke. He is an unfortunate apology for tonight, and this isn't this time alcohol-related. This is actually work-related. Um, had planned to jump on with us, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately got held up at work and has had a shocking day from all reports, Kenny. Yeah, getting some real sort of lottery vibes, though. <laughs> I'm not convinced it's not a female that he's parted away with a pod for. He's got form, the big fella, so we'll have to, we'll have to uh, dive into that at a, at a later date, I think. But um, I reckon we get stuck into the podcast anyway. It's going to be a ripper. Absolutely. And uh, let's kick it off with some trade news that went down. And, oh, boy, did some massive news go down during the week after we recorded our podcast. And that was... Something that affects what we're about to do tonight in our rookie draft and what we're about to do this weekend, and that is Steph trading up to get the 102, and I really wish Hod was on to give us some of his thinking behind this because our host, uh, Hod, had the 102 spot. Steph just slides into his DMs, maybe proposes a trade there, and he uh, manages to move up there. So I'll run through what it was. It was Steph gets the 102 and the 305 from this rookie draft. And Hod gets the 104. He slides back two spots there. And as compensation, he gets the 203. So that's a nice little move up from that 305. And then on top of that gets the DFF's future 2023 second. What are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts there on that one, Keeney? Uh, Initial thoughts on this one. um, Well, for starters, I think we alluded to it last podcast. We had a little bit of grapevine magic at the end of the pod if you stuck around. And I know uh, Hod's phone was lighting up with some requests about the 102 turns out it was from Steph but um, yeah this is a this is a good trade I think for for Hyde it makes a bit of sense if he wasn't sold on anyone at the 102 I think it could be one of those drafts where it's a little bit even after the 101 um, depending on how you want to look at it so for him to get sort of a nice bump in the second round this year and and add an extra pick which he needs the following year um, I think he's done well out of it out of it having said that um, from Steph's point of view, he's made this deal with with something in mind, surely. Um, so for him to now sew up the 101, the 102, and still have a pick in the third round, he could also see that as a win, really. Um, but my sort of big question is, what is he planning here at the 102? What are your thoughts, mate? I'm I'm with you. I mean, we we even said it in jest last week that we had the impossible task tonight of getting inside the the mind of the DFF, he has made it even harder for us because I'm with you. You would only be trading up two spots and giving up what he gave up to move up from four to two if you had something ultra-specific in mind. 
but I'm not confident that he has something ultra specific in mind. We've he's got a track record of of moving up and not really knowing what to do. So um, we're going to try our best in a little bit. But why don't you run through how uh, this mock's going to work tonight? Yeah, no, we'll um, we'll take you through the first couple of rounds here, um, and we're we're just going to alternate um, between picks between myself and Ben. We've got a couple of juicy trades that we might throw in there if we can think of something juicy. Um, so we'll try and keep you on your toes, but it should be a bit of fun. Um, and we'll try and sort of address a bit of needs, but also sort of run through the players that we think um, can go in that range. Um, so looking forward to it. Obviously, Saturday night at the Great Vale Street Palace um, down at Scoot's Place. Um, we'll endeavour to start at 5 o'clock, boys, if we can. 20 or 30 minutes on the clock, um, but it should be good doing that first round live in person and then we'll throw it back online as an eight-hour draft after that. But um, looking forward to it and looking forward to um, doing the mock draft right now. And uh, without further hesitation, let's get started on the uh, 2022 Empire Dynasty League podcast mock draft. And with that, oh, I went too quick on oh. the fade out there. Whoopsie daisy. Oh. With that inspiring music to get you pumped up and in the mood, we have gone ahead and flipped a coin to figure out who is going to get the prestigious 101 spot here. And uh, the pleasure has gone to you, my friend, Christopher Keane, with the oh. 101 being the DFF. We're all going to have a turn at that tonight, but uh, I'll fade this music out because it's starting to get a bit distracting. How can you not get up and about with that music? It's, it's the one best. of the great He's... tunes going around. I can just envisage Hod bopping away in his car when he listens to this after his shift tonight or whatever <laughs> shift that may be, quote unquote. Um, but it is music that gets you amped up for the draft. I love it. It does. And we'll go in the style of welcome to the 2022 draft. The DFF are now on the clock. And uh, with that clock started, do you have the pick in already, or are you have you got to give uh, this some thought? Because I can play, I can play a nah, little jingle think, if you do. Look, no, nah, I think I've got it. I think the no. Nah, All right, in, mate. All right, let's. Uh, oh, I'm not going to do that for every pick. That can just be for literally that one. But kick us <laughs> off the 101, the DFF. What have you got there? Well, the DFF. We sort of look at sort of going through a little bit of needs for him. But at the 101, you sort of just take best play available, don't you? So we can go through his needs a little bit later. I think it's pretty consensus, Benjamin. Um, I think this guy is going to be the 101 in most rookie draft leagues, that being Brees Hall, the running back from the New York Jets. I think we can lock him away on the DFS roster. Um, Obviously, a pretty explosive power athlete. Um, As I said, consensus kind of guy. Um, and we know we know Steph's love for the New York Jets, really. That's the other thing. So he already has Zach Wilson on his roster, so I think he'll enjoy adding Brees Hall running back from the New York Jets. Love it, and uh, clearly a position, I think, that just looking at his list, that running back position, just to shore it up, obviously, um, mm. Akers having the Achilles injury, Clyde having a little bit of uh, roster issues there and production issues. I think that... It seems, like you said, a bit of a consensus 101. 
Uh, so I love it. I'm on the clock number two now, and I I was just having to think here because with what we perceive the consensus 101, when Steph on the night at the Malvern Vale found out that he had the 101 pick, not many people saw it because not many people were there. Uh, <laughs> but I saw a bit of panic cross the face oh, yeah. of the DFF. Did you happen to catch that? I saw a little bit of Palmer and then a little bit of panic. Yeah, for sure. just no doubt. But he's he's got a track record of this. You're you're saying offline that this was a similar. Maybe the motivation behind moving up to 102 is similar to what happened last year. Take us through sort of that theory because I liked it. All right. Well, my thinking is that last year he uh, he knew the 101 was off the table. He knew what he was going to do with the 101. And then I, I think he was quite happy that he had the two and the three. And I reckon we spoke about it last year. It would have been so interesting to see if he only had one of those picks to see what he would have done because I think he had both Wilson and Trey Lance at a pretty similar grade and for his team. So I reckon what he's done here is he doesn't really know who to pick at the 101 or he was a bit on the fence. And I think... It's not necessarily that he's jumped up because he has this specific need in mind. It's just that he doesn't want to stuff up the 101 pick. And I reckon he's just (laughs) bought himself a bit of insurance to move up to the 102 there. So he can't sort of have the piss taken out of him if he does happen to stuff it up. So with that being said, I'm I'm sticking with the theme of New York Jets. This bloke, he's a one-dimensional thinker. We know that. (laughs) He doesn't like to to stray too far outside the lanes. And I've got him taking Garrett Wilson, New York Jet wide receiver. Um, And look, I think this guy is going to be pretty impressive anyway. I think he's just a number one wide receiver from the get-go. He gets his stack. Um, He has Brees Hall as well now, according to our mock draft. And, And I just think that Steph's going to be really up and about with this Jets offense, and he's just going to ride him into the ground and a bit of a ride or die style for him. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting decision at two here, and as as we sort of discussed, there's a few different options that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't think twice about if you took a different uh, route here. But before the draft, um, the actual NFL draft kicked off, Garrett Wilson was sort of the consensus wide receiver one um, by a lot of people. Certainly, as a he was a short favorite in the betting market to be the work first wide receiver off the board. Um, he was he ended up being the second receiver, but um, look, I think. This is a pretty logical pick as well from you, Ben. Um, whether the DFF pulls the trigger and goes with these two jets will remain to be seen, but um, I think it's definitely something he could do for sure. Um, we'll move on to pick three. And with pick three, we have really the main man. He's got seven picks in the first round. We know sort of all about Manny's team here. He's... Um, in terms of sort of what he needs, what he doesn't need is for more first-round rookie draft picks because he's got a bunch of them. Um, I think one of his biggest needs is actually a trade partner because I'm not convinced that he wants to use all of these picks on the night. I am fascinated to see what he does on Saturday. But in all seriousness, clearly QB is the need here. And I think the biggest question is how does he address it? Does he address it in the draft? Does he try and trade on the night? Does he try and trade later? Um, I can see if Pickett gets to him at three here, I think it makes sense um, for a lot of different parties here just to take him and and take him off the board here. The only first round quarterback taken in the in the draft. Um, so I think he selects, and I'm going to lock in here in our mock draft, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh, QB 
at pick three to the sensible haircuts. I love it. And another thing you left off there is that he's a quarterback for Pittsburgh, and we all know that Manny seems to have a soft spot for for a quarterback for that team. Don't know why, but it's just falling into his hands. I very small hands uh, for that matter with Kenny. Yeah, um, yeah, very. Wasn't that the talk yeah, very of the town? Good. Jesus Christ, very topical. I think the only question I've got, and Kenny Pickett's a really interesting fantasy player in this draft. It'd be very interesting to see where he goes on Saturday. But my only sort of query or question is, how far would he have fallen if Pittsburgh didn't take him? So if Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh taking him, 20, no other quarterback was taken for another two rounds. Now, look, we don't know that another team really rated Pickett, but yeah. gee whiz, all the QBs were on the slide. So if Pickett doesn't get taken by Pittsburgh and slides to the back end of the second round, all of a sudden, I don't know if he's going number three in a rookie draft. But it only takes one team to like him. So that's happened at Pittsburgh, and um, I can see him going certainly in the top three or four on Saturday. Yeah, I think the point you made about uh, Manny not wanting to take the pick, he's been on the record saying that he doesn't want to make picks, he wants to trade them. If you don't find a partner, I reckon he will probably take the approach of take who he perceives to be the most valuable to trade out eventually if he's not keen on them. So I wouldn't put it past him if he goes. It's the Like you said, the only QB with a first-round grade so, therefore, there's probably a little bit more supply and demand for someone like him. Um, but it will be interesting to be seen. Uh, mm. I am going to take on the pick of 104, which is our co-host who's we not welcome. here, the Humdingers, mm. who's slid, slid back and now he's featuring for the first time in our rookie draft. And, um, you know, Hod has been one of the more interesting teams over the last couple of years in that he went pretty quickly all in and then once I think he identified that he quickly went out again and has done a arguably a pretty quick rebuild in terms of where his list's at with how news of like Deshaun Watson and things like that are working for him. I still think that um, QB is an interesting position for Hod to address here but with Pickett off the board because you took him. I don't think he's going to reach for yep. a Malik Willis here or anything crazy like that. I don't think he's uh, that way inclined. I still think he's just going to go best available here and he just takes Traylon Burks from Tennessee mm. and just shores yep. up a a very reliable target for... Um, I've, I've forgotten. Yeah, Tannehill. He's that irrelevant now. I've forgotten his name. No, I, I just think that with, with AJ Brown leaving, that Traylon Burks steps in really nicely there. You kind of know what production you could get out of a bloke stepping into that role, and clearly they want him to be that role. So I just think that's a bit of a no-brainer for Hod at four. Yep. Now, we talked about it last week about him sort of taking on that role and being a little bit of an AJ Brown clone. So if you can get similar production to AJ Brown in his first couple of years, you'd be happy with that pick. At pick four, um, now we move on to back to Steve. Um, he's got pick five and six, but Ben, there's been a trade. Oh, we've you're had our, we've, you're we've had our first it. trade. We know Steve wants to trade these picks out. I like it. This is realistic. This is realistic. Now, his trade partner is someone that actually has pick seven. It's the Bayside executioners have Ooh, come up here. Okay, and run me you through. You might be thinking. You might be thinking, did he give up 107 to come up to 105? No, he did not. He just wants a slice of 105 and 106. So Scooter has taken on 105 and 106 off Manny here, and Mm -hmm. Manny gets to add to his Pittsburgh QB collection, (laughs) Mitch Trubisky. So now he has about five (laughs) quarterbacks from Pittsburgh, which is great. He also gets James Connor 
and David Montgomery in the deal. So okay. two very good starting running backs for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he doesn't like the rookie running backs. Yeah, that's um, true. So he's, he's, he's grabbed a couple of those, gets Trubisky on top. So he's taken Pickett. So now he gets Pickett and Trubisky. So you could argue he's locked up a starter at the QB position Absolutely. in Pittsburgh every week um, and added to that uh, running back room, which he sort of needs to sort out. And I think if he can find a way to find another QB at some point, he's right in the mix next year. We've spoken about his roster a little bit, but I like this for both teams. I think um, I think Scoot might be approaching the, the phase of trading out some of his older players and, and players that can get you a lot of points in a given year. Yep. Um, I think these two players in Connor and Montgomery are both poised for pretty pretty nice years. You'd think they're both top 12 running backs this year. Um, so I think it's a trade that works for both parties. And, um, yeah, I can see this sort of thing happening. What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I, I love this. I love the fact that you've uh, you've thrown even the Pittsburgh quarterback scenario in because realistically, <laughs> like now that they went and got Kenny Pickett in the draft, Trubisky's stock dropped uh, from that moment mm. on. But but in a way, Scoot can still kind of find value trading him to Manny because it's a logical landing spot in this league. So I love it. It works uh, across the board there and and it fits in with the mantra of the sensible haircuts. Okay, so who have you got now going at pick five after that? Uh, before, so, before you go, actually, is there any chance that Scoot hears this right now and goes, that's not bad, I might, uh, I might hit, hit Manny up on the night and see if he's interested? Well, it's I'm very hoping good. He's, I like this I'm track. hoping he's listening, and I think, I think it's an example of sort of what you can do quickly on the Obviously, you need to work it out before on the night, but maybe time pressure, who knows, but... I think it's something that would certainly ex- excite both parties. Um, look, at pick five here, I'm going to take the Seattle running back, Kenneth Walker, here. Um, I think it adds to <laughs> Scooter's nice young running back room. He's got Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he's got AJ Dillon. And now he adds Kenneth Walker from the Seattle Seahawks. I like that even five. even more because it's uh, it's just more banter between him and Papa about the, the running back position at Seattle as well. Well, that's right, and I think that's part of it. So he can he can really lean into the Chris Carson's going to retire uh, angle and, and rub that's his perfect. nose in it by taking the next running back uh, at Seattle. We know what Seattle want to do. I think he's an interesting player in this draft. Like pick five might be like I, I put up some propaganda the other morning about you know he could definitely go pick two, and I I, I wouldn't could. say that's out of the realms yeah. because. There's a world where, you know, he's got Rashad Penny who showed a bit last year, but reality is they drafted a bunch of offensive linemen. Uh, Russell Wilson's gone. We know what they want to do. They want to run the ball. And he yep. could be a big part of that as he's one of the best runners in this in this draft class, no doubt. So mm-hmm. um, I think pick five is not a bad landing spot for Scoot and Kenneth Walker. Absolutely. I uh, I think they are all very relevant points there. Okay, so I'm on the, I'm on the clock at pick six now, but this is Scoot. With your it's trade. Scooter. Okay. Yes. So Scoot is now on the clock again at six. Oh, he gets a nice five, six, seven. I see what you oh, did yeah. there. Very, very nice. Okay. So at pick six, I'm looking here at some execution and needs. Uh, and like you said, I think obviously him just getting younger at all positions, but getting absolute startable studs in. I can't look much further than Drake London here. Um, the mm. Atlanta wide receiver. He's a huge target. Um, he's going to be an absolute red zone threat for that team. Like, obviously, 
um, him and Pitts in the red zone, you can't double them or anything. That That is going to be just an interesting dynamic to watch unfold. But, yeah, I, I really like this um, this pick for Scoot here. I just think that, um, yeah, I reckon he has a large tar- target volume in his first year. And, uh, and even if he doesn't absolutely hit in his first year, he's going to be a solid piece building for when T- Scoot's team is on the rise. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, he's got DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. Um, we mentioned a few of his young sort of uh, running back pieces. He's got Terrace Marshall, he hopes works out. Paris Campbell, he's got a few sort of younger pieces. Kenny Dolliday is not that old. Um, so I like adding another wide receiver, a young wide receiver talent here. Drake London, first wide receiver off the board in the actual NFL draft. And with pick seven, I'm going to go wide receiver again here with Jamison Williams, The Alabama receiver went to Detroit. Look, he had an ACL injury at the end of the year, but this man can fly. Um, Arguably one of the most talented receivers in the draft. He could have have been taken as the first receiver off the board. I think Scooter's sort of planning to be relevant in a couple of years, so that aligns with what Detroit's trying to do here. There's every chance Detroit gets another QB in next year, whether it's a senior figure or they go to the draft. So I think Jamison Williams... Stock will rise this time next year. And I like going back to the well there with another receiver for Scooter. So nice little three selection haul there from the great man. And he's um, he's back in the game, I reckon. Mm, I think that is a nice little reset uh, for a team like his. So I kind of hope that a trade like that does go down because yeah. uh, this just makes it even more exciting. So I'm on the clock again. Pick eight. Sensible haircuts. Just get used to hearing that. On the clock, um, I'm going to go ahead. This bloke, we've said he doesn't typically like quarterbacks, running backs. I'm just going to go to his wheelhouse and, and pick up a wide receiver. There's plenty of talented wide receivers in this draft. So I think this. if he doesn't trade out another pick, he goes best talent available. Chris Olave from the New Orleans Saints. He's going to take the, uh, the former Buckeye there. Uh, it was the 11th pick overall in the draft, so plenty of draft capital spent on this bloke. And I, I'm just going to go out on a limb, Keeney. Did did the Saints trade up to get this bloke? Uh, sounds like something we would do. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon we did. Actually, we gave up a shitload, so they must rate him. So. Absolutely, and it's I think not a bad pick at pick eight there. I, I always like going off. Uh, I think what NFL teams do in the draft says a lot about you know what their interests are in a player. So I, I just like. Uh, I reckon he's a very good route runner. Um, if Jameis Winston is the quarterback there, I think he could be an absolutely beautiful target for him to be throwing the ball to because um, I think uh, that's what you guys need because of the unreliable nature. And part of this pick as well is I think it shores up the whole Michael Thomas situation with the sensible haircuts, which mm. might be a bit handy because we just really don't know where he's at. That's uh, a good point. Um, and it's sort of to that area of the draft now I think where it's sort of um, a little bit of best available rather than than needs here because you may be because of the because of the running back rooms pretty skinny in this year's draft it may be a bit of a reach to take one sort of in that eight nine spot so um, look with pick nine I'm going to go back to receiver here even though we talked about man he's got a bunch of them um, I think I'm going to take the best slot receiver in the draft that he's a, a man that doesn't mind doing that. He's got Deontay Johnson, so we, we know he doesn't mind that type of receiver. Sky Moore 
from the Kansas City Chiefs Ooh. is the player I'm going to select here at nine. Might be a, a little bit of a reach, not sure, but I just think the landing position here in Kansas City is really hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a production freak, an athletic freak, and you know Taysom Hill's gone. Uh, Taysom Hill, gee whiz, Tyreek. <laughs> I have the I have the Saints on my mind, baby. <laughs> They're a bit a little different. bit of a better player than uh, Taysom's gone. Tyreek is gone. So, look, I think there's going to be plenty of targets with, with Juju um, and Sky Moore in that often, offense and obviously Mahomes there leading the way. So he's an interesting player, Sky Moore, and his value has skyrocketed since the Chiefs took him. Um, I think he's a first-round rookie pick now, and I think Manny's going to take him at pick nine. Love it. Love the name. Love the pick. He's a very sensible haircut player if I've ever heard one. Two wise. Two wise. <laughs> two wise. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Sky with two wise. Sky with two wise. You could give me 10 guesses, and I reckon I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> um, all right. I'm on the clock now. Pick 10 sensible haircuts because, of course, back. Uh, he's back. And I'm going to break a bit of a trend for the sensible haircuts here, and I'm going to get a running back off the board in Captain James Cook mm. from the yeah. Buffalo Bills um, Ooh, yep. you know, brother of Dalvin, apparently, according to drafts, um, <laughs> if you didn't hear that fact. And no, I think, you know, he's a good pass catching running back. I think at one point, Manny has to kind of look at his picks and if he can't find a trade partner, go, let's just get a rookie running back on, um, on their five-year deal that get plenty of uh, runs on the board with them. And for an offense like Buffalo, I think that's a nice offense that is hard to ignore if you can get um, potentially someone who could serve as a three-down back eventually. I mean, you'd have to beat out um, Singletary, who's got the job there at the moment. Yeah, and I think he's an interesting player in this in this pool as well because it's – look, it's not a um, – he hasn't got a heap of competition. Like, look, he's got competition ahead of him, but the quality is not – Amazing. He's the type of running back that Manny likes. He likes the pass catching guys. Um, you know, they may not be, you know, they may not get 20 carries a game, but they can catch five or six balls and get you some good points. Um, also being the brother of Dalvin and a big Vikings fan, I think he's got a little soft spot for James Cook. Ooh, so yeah. I can see this as a, something that uh, that Manny might do here. Pick 10, I think that's about right. He's, he's another one that's sort of risen up the... Uh, the draft charts in recent weeks since the rookie draft. So it's a nice landing spot. Um, let's move along to back on the clock. Scooter at pick 11. Um, ben, I think it's time. It's it's going to be fascinating to see when this happens, but I think it's time. He's got rid of Trubisky. He's traded it Ooh, in yep. and yep. he's going to get the new model. Malik Willis. Oh, love 11. it. Tennessee Titans QB to the executioners again with the theme of sort of scoop rebuilding his list here. I'd see him taking QB here. Um, I don't see Malik Willis getting outside the first round in rookie drafts, even though he did fall in the draft. He's got that running ability that is really, really powerful um, in fantasy, regardless of whether he's a great QB or not. Um, We know he will be able to score fantasy points. He's obviously going to be behind Ryan Tannehill, who seems a very supportive QB um, that will really nurture him through this process. That was a joke. If none of you had heard the news that he said, I'm not here to mentor Malik Willis. (laughs) Um, But I think this fits nicely with Scoot's team. So lock him in, mate. Malik Willis, pick 11. Yep, I like it. I like 
back end of the first round there. This draft clearly very different to last year's rookie draft where there was a lot of top-end quarterbacks being taken. Mm. Um, but once again, a lot more taken in the first round of the NFL draft. So it will be fascinating to see how far Malik Willis slides and which team's going to say, you know what, I don't care that he was drafted. Um, outside of the first couple of rounds, I'm just going to take a swing at this bloke. So pick 11, I don't mind that as a spot where he goes, well, i got to get inside the uh, Sensible Haircuts organization again and try and think about what they do. It's uh, it's pretty hard other than trading the pick away, um, but I don't think he trades it away here. I don't know anyone who's going to necessarily come up here for the pick 12, so I'm going to take the pick with him. I'm going to go with the uh, Penn State wide receiver who went to the Commanders. Mm. Um, pick 16, and that was Jahan Dotson to the Sensible Haircuts. Pick yeah. 12. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like about about this bloke. Um, clearly pairing up with Terry McLaurin. Um, I think that he could get a bit of, of work there uh, in his first year. Got good hands. Apparently the best hands in the class. I don't know how you... Uh, I don't know how you make that definitive call, but this guy, apparently, they're very good. He's got good twinkle oh, yeah. fingers from all reports. Oh, yeah. Um, sneaky good offense that Washington Commanders team could be. Yeah, and, and Wentz needs a big year, so he could uh, he could absolutely find a target in dots in there. So that's my pick for the sensible haircuts to round out the first round. I think it's a good pick. Uh, this guy's got a little bit of negative heat in the fantasy community in terms of where he's going in rookie drafts. I think pick 12 is a really nice spot for a guy that was taken in the first round. It's got a bit of Kadarius Tony about it, this one. And I think people were off Kadarius Tony for various reasons, but at the end of the day, a team rated him in the first round. Um, yep. The Washington commanders took him at 16. So it's yeah. not like at the back end of the first round. He's, they obviously Solidly. rated him really highly. He's like the fourth receiver off the board. So to get him at pick 12 in a rookie draft, I think regardless of what you think of the player makes sense. So, like the pick. Um, let's go to the second round, Ben. And I reckon you can start the second round. You can kick us off. I'm going to kick it um, off because you got to kick off the first round. And just like you getting to kick off the first round, you also got to kick off the first trade. And and I was thinking about this. So I'm going to trade here. On the Humdingers. Oh. Wait, who's, who's on the clock? Humdingers on the clock at the 201. Okay. Um, and I think that someone comes knocking on Hod's door and, and Hoddy's going to answer here. And that is because I've got here, I've got the Prestige Worldwide, the champs. I've got them just sitting back and going, you know what, I'm going to jump in here at the 201 because there's a little Homer Simpson pick going on here. Christian Watson from the Green Bay Packers is there. So Thais is going to go to Hod and say, you know what, I've got Keeney's 2023 first. I'm going to give you that. Uh, and all I'll take off your hands is the 201. Just a simple transaction. You know what? Kick yep. it down the road a little bit. Um, there's a chance that that could be the 112, the 111, the 110. We know how playoffs can work. Obviously, you've got a strong team there, but either way, it's better than the 201 right now. Um, it's it's going to be a higher pick in a year's time. It could be worth a bit more. So, yeah, I'm going to go Thais on the clock now, taking his boy Christian Watson, the the wide receiver that went to the Green Bay Packers, um, yeah, and hoping that he gets a bit it. of work because of Devontae's void there at the moment. Uh, there could be yep. a fair bit of targets on his hands. Yep, an athletic freak that the Packers traded up for and their first sort of wide receiver they've taken in the second round for a while. Um, 
I love that trade. That's that's a ripper. Um, and I think it's it it makes a bit of sense. Like Hod's got some flexibility here. Hod really owns the second round. He's got a bunch of picks. He's got one, two, and three in the second round for starters. And then I think he's got five as well. So yep. he's got that flexibility to either move it backwards, trade it out, um, do a few different things. And this is a this is a move from Thais, who has seven first rounders next year. And he might think, you know what? I've got seven next year. Let's have a dip into one of them this year. Look, it's pick 13. It might as well be a first rounder. Um, let's move one of those into this year and, and get the get my boy. That's it. So he, I like it. He last year showed that in the first round when he really liked a player, he, he went all out to get them. And I don't yep. think this is going all out. I reckon this is pretty reasonable and it might just be enough to uh, tickle Hod's fans, if you will. <laughs> Very good. Speaking of uh, homers and Hod, I'm going <laughs> down the same route here, mate. I'm going down the same route. I'm taking Alec Pierce, the wide receiver from the Indianapolis Colts. This man, both of these players that just went, both huge athletes, um, massive speed uh, from from this kid. Um, so his size speed sort of stuff's off the charts. Um, he's just got big playability um, and that red zone threat that probably India are looking for in in their offense. So I can see Hodge just snapping up another wide receiver here and taking his boy Alec Pierce at the 202. Very nice. Couple of homer picks there. Um, yep. Who knows? It could happen. Um, time will tell. But oh, I don't mind that one from Hod there and a good player to pick up. I'm, I'm on the clock again. Humdingers. I've got to get inside the mind of this bloke. And I reckon he goes back to back based on your wide receiver pick, and he gets another wide receiver in. He's some pretty good stock in uh, George Pickens, who went in the second round of the NFL draft to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, very talented player. Uh, tall. He's fast. Um, you know, could be paired up nice and quickly with Kenny Pickett there. Um they could build a pretty quick rapport there. So plenty to like about this guy. Um, and I know that there's a lot of wide receivers, talented wide receivers in Pittsburgh's list already, um, which probably says a lot for Pittsburgh going out and getting this guy in the second round if they've already got talent on their list. They must highly rate this guy. And I just think that, you know, it's a sneaky little play. And I think that's what you're kind of looking for in the second round here is, um, you know, Clearly, the top-end talent goes in the first round of a rookie draft, and now you're kind of looking at this potential upside. And I think, like you pointed out, Hod's got the picks here in this round to just shoot for upside because, you know, if he misses, it's not a huge deal because he's got plenty of chances to hit. Yep. No, I like it. And I think you can do worse things than just draft Pittsburgh wide receivers. They have an amazing track record at mm. making them work and turning them into good players. So I like that selection at the 203. At the 204, we are back with the executioners. There's a theme here, Ben. There's just been four different teams we've talked about. There hasn't is any any other team want to have a pick at, at any point in this rookie draft. This genuinely could be the least amount of <laughs> listeners we've had on a pod just because it only actually, affects four people. I know. And I actually looked at that. There's a the stat here is that there's only five different teams that own the first 31 selections. It's amazing. Jesus so seven Christ. other teams aren't involved in the first 31 picks. So I anyway, know who's we'll going to be on. drinking most of the drinks on Saturday then, if that's the case. I know. I know. But at the 204 here, we're back with the executioners. Um, recapping that, how he's traded out James Connor, David Montgomery. He's added Kenneth Walker. I'm going to add another running back just to supplement what he's lost here. 
I'm going to go for Rashad White here, the uh, Tampa Bay running back. It's an interesting, another, you'll get the theme that I'm just trying to advance for a couple of years here for Scoot. I think in a couple of years, he's going to be a bit more relevant than next year, but I think that's okay. I think, um, you know, I think they're always going to be a pretty high powered offense um, as long as they keep that QB sorted out. But Fournette, you know, he's probably got one or two years left. Um, Ronald Jones is gone. You know, you got Keyshawn Vaughn there, but not a whole lot else. So it's not, I think it's a pretty nice landing spot. And I think he could get involved um, pretty early on. And I think he, you could argue, is the best pass catching running back on that team right now. So um, I think that's a nice little sneaky pick at the 204. So the execution is going running back again there. I like everything about that except for uh, your thoughts on him being the best pass-catching running back there. But that's that's probably for another podcast. Um, I'm back on the clock here. We've got the Humdingers, who is going to be the team of the second round, as we pointed out. I'm going to go with our first tight end off the board. I'm going to pick Trey McBride here to the Humdingers. Yeah. Um, there was a period of time where Hod had Zach Ertz in his stocks, uh, so now I reckon that he's going to go and pick up his backup and probably soon-to-be replacement um, in Trey McBride, who went to Arizona. He's a second-round pick in the NFL draft. He was the only tight end in the first two rounds to be taken, um, which I think says a lot for what this bloke could be. Um, you know, tight end premium always is just going to play an interesting wrinkle in this fantasy setup that we have. So... Yeah, I like it here. And how old is Zach Ertz? He'd got to be like 34 yeah. or something. Oh, sorry, 31. Yeah, um, 31, yeah. Tacking on three more but years I mean, to the bloke. Yeah, and I think – but you've got to think Arizona took him for a reason. Um, so I think he's he'll be relevant this year or next. And we know Hod loves the big tight end. Um, he doesn't shut up about Moali Cox. He does so. love a tight end. And so does uh, Kyler, actually. he The second that Ertz landed on their roster, he was hitting him up pretty regularly. So I reckon he does That's like true. using that tight end position. And outside look, of, outside of Dalton Schultz, he's got sort of Moali Cox, Hunter Bryant, uh, sorry, Harrison Bryant and um, John Bates. So it's not exactly a nah, who's not... who of tight end. So I think this actually works for him, grabbing Trey McBride here as a nice little sort of uh, project piece that could turn into a nice player in a couple of years. So we will um, see. Good pick, Benjamin. Oh, thank you. Like it. Um, gee whiz, I'm back with Scooter. Scooter, mate. If you need some advice on Saturday, let me know because I've I'm doing your whole draft for you here, mate. Um, Scooter at the two oh six. I'm going to take what could be the best running back outside of the big two in terms of production next year. Damian Pierce from the Houston Texans. Now. Ooh. This guy is going to walk into potentially a running back one role. Um, there's nothing ahead of him. Rex Burkhead's ahead of him. Um, sexy Rexy. Nothing oh, sexy that's, Rexy. That's I know he's your, your boy, but let's let's be honest. If you want a bit of production early on, this could be the man. Um, Damien Pierce, he's um, obviously not one of the, the best, most talented running backs uh, in the class, but he lands in that offense that he'll, he's likely to get 150-plus touches. So... Playing the odds here that he, he finds the field and rises in value at the 206, I think that's a pretty solid strategy whenever you're playing this game. So that's my pick at the 206. Very, very nice. I'm just looking here at uh, who's Who left. And, and you know mind? what? We've got a, a newly featured team for the first no. time. We haven't mentioned this team so far. And OJ's legal oh. team 
the inaugural Oy. champ. He's on the clock here at the uh, 207, if you will. Um, yeah, interesting to see. I, I think Jake is he's obviously liking this sort of slow rebuild from his initial winning team. I'm also looking here at a player, Keeney, and I reckon you're going to like what I'm going to do here. He's sitting there at the 207. He, there's one bloke in this league that, that Jake doesn't like. He's he's on the record. <laughs> this has this has got something to do with Papa about it. <laughs> Absolutely, what, what it does. Doing? Well, who has Papa been oh, uh, spruiking all off-season? He's the stack that oh, no one's talking doing. about, and he's been talking about his boy Mariota who's oh, just no. risen to the ranks of starting QB in Atlanta. Well, guess what Atlanta did in the draft, mate? They went and got old mm. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati in the third round at pick 74. And I reckon at pick seven, that's who Jake's taking because boy, oh boy, would he love <laughs> to have the bloke who upseats Mariota's starting spot there. And is he going to let him know about it? That's who I'm taking at the 207. What do you reckon? I love it. And why not have a swing at the 207, you know? Like, um, I, I think that's a that's a that's a nice pick from you, Ben. And if anything else, do you think this is a little pick up Desmond Ritter and look for a little flip to Papa? Like, this could gain in value from the 207 to something a bit more it, if Papa gets a little desperate. So, could. I like this strategy. And it for could. those listening, it could, be, it could be you that could employ this strategy. Doesn't have to be Jake. <laughs> I also think that Jake would just never trade with him just because he would get more satisfaction. He would ride him into the ground and get more satisfaction out of that. Um, I also think that Hod would be pretty disappointed at, uh, at us not mentioning that old Philippe could uh, take the starting job yeah, there, old Frankie. Yeah, no, we should mention him. <laughs> we don't mention him enough, apparently. No, exactly. All right. Um, Two oh eight. I reckon I'm on the clock there, am, am I? Well, with two of us, I reckon that's how it works. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, who have I got? Who have I got? I'd have a different team, wouldn't I? Oh no, I've got Scoot again. Fuck's yep. sake. All right, Scooter, we're back, mate. And I'm going to make a really nice pick here. I'm going to. I'm pretty happy with this, if I must say. I'm taking another 49ers running back here. Ooh, I see what you're doing here. Hirian Davis Price now. He may be sort of in a bit of a jumbled running back group at the minute, but we saw what happened with the likes of Elijah Mitchell last year. Um, when the running, uh, when the Niners like a running back, they go up and get him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an interesting type of player, and considering that Scoot already owns Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, cover your bases. One of them's going to pop this year at the two oh eight. Why not take a flyer on this bloke? Um, so I actually, I think this makes a lot of sense for Scoot. So he's really reloading with running backs in this in this mock draft um, after trading away a couple of more older guys. But this yep. makes sense, doesn't it? So Absolutely. And the insurance play, like you pointed out, I think, you know, it almost just locks in a starter for him by doing yeah. that and, and takes a that chance in, a in an awesome off- offense. Absolutely. So no, I, that's... Mm. Great pick there. Loving what you're doing there. Cool. I, I've got to uh, be I'm the executor. I'm sick of Scoot, though. Are we done with Scoot? <laughs> no. No, he's oh, back. He's on the clock again. Yeah, I've got a pick for him now. Pick nine. He's got a lot of picks. I tell you what, if this bloke doesn't he doesn't listen to the podcast or apparently he's getting back into it, if he doesn't listen to this fucking one, <laughs> he features a lot in it. So, Scoot, 
Uh, welcome, welcome back to listening, and uh, I hope you enjoy what we're doing with your team right now, including the trades and such. But at pick nine, mate, I have got you taking John Mechie, the Houston wide receiver from Alabama. Um, went in the second round, so you know, pretty decent stock. This is, I mean, you'll hear it again and again. This is going to be arguably one of the, you know, best wide receiver classes in future years when you look back at it. There's just that many that went off the board. Um, it's hard to argue that these blokes won't see some success. So why not get in amongst that? Um, and I reckon, what's he got? Nico Collins to probably compete with is the number two there and Cooks is the number one. So it's not like there's a crazy um, a crazy amount of talent that he's got to push past to feature in this offense. It's a bit of a, a free hit. Um, see where this bloke ends up here. And, you know, one thing that Alabama produces is good wide receivers, so why not take a swing at one? Yep, and they could have a new QB next year. Who knows if Davis Mills doesn't work out? Mm. Um, they could look to trade for one. Or Davis Mills is showing good signs, so it could be an okay offense to be a part of. So I think that's a nice pick at pick nine there. Pick 10, it's nice to talk about a different team. I'm back on the clock with Hod here at pick 10, and I'm going to go a little juicy stack. Mm. Actually, don't remind me of pancakes, but I'm going <laughs> a little juicy stack here. I'm taking wide receiver David Bell. Went to Cleveland, so stack him up with Deshaun. Look, this guy arguably has a lot of talent. Well, not arguably, he does. He's got a lot of talent. Um, he tested horrendously at the combine. That was his big problem, and so he dropped a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I sort of read and hear things. Some people that say it's not as relevant for receivers, some people say it is. But I think he can play the position. Um, there's not a lot of competition there in Cleveland at the minute. Look, he's... Obviously got Amari Cooper who's come to town. But outside of that, Donovan's Peoples-Jones, sort of Jarvis Landry's gone. Not sure if he's coming back. Um, he could be the replacement here. So I think it uh, works for Hod's team. And David Bell is my selection at 210. I like it. Hopefully uh, this bloke takes about five years to come on would be my preference. <laughs> um, but time will tell. Uh, let's let's move on. We've got two the to go. Humdingers. Two to go here. Humdingers just to round out the his last pick of the first couple of rounds. He's had a few of them. I, uh, I've got Hod here just freshening up at the running back position again and going for a bit of Brian Robinson mm. from the Commanders. Um, yeah. Another Alabama pick for me, but why not mm. when this bloke is still there on the board? Nice physical downhill runner. Um, yes, he's got Gibson in the backfield there, but you know Gibson got injured towards the back end of last season, so you wonder if there's a bit more management that might come from the commanders, and that might work in the favour of Robinson, who might see a bit more time on the pitch. He's a third-round pick. That's a nice land, uh, round to be drafted for a running back these days. Uh, that's a pretty high um, place to be drafted. So you know, I, I think there's a lot to like about this guy, and we always like a comp don't we? You know, as much as um, Gibson, when he got drafted, was comp to CMC, um, this bloke, Robinson, is getting comp to Adrian Peterson. So talk about just picking the best it possible was... running backs and comparing your team's running backs to them. Why not? It's not a bad strategy yeah, from right. old Riviera. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a nice little safe pick and this bloke can absolutely see time on the field um, and, and possibly some points. Yeah, and you've got to wonder sort of what Washington think of Antonio Gibson at this point. Um, they didn't want to lose McKissick in the end. There was rumours 
circling throughout the trade period that they were interviewing Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker and some of the top-end guys. Mm. So they clearly were looking at, well, I'm not sure we've got enough trust in this bloke to be a every down back. He got injured a bit last year. Um, so they go and select Brian Robinson in the third round, as you said. I think this guy could could be a real steal at that position in this draft. Um, I think he's got upside to gain an actual role in this offense pretty quickly. So um, time will tell, but um, I think he, that's a nice area in the draft to grab him. So um, we'll see what happens. All right, round us off, mate. Then to round off the night, um, it's been it's been a fun exercise, that's for sure, um, and I can't wait for Saturday. But to round us off, we've got Jake back on the clock here. Um, we've got a few different names. It gets pretty even at this point of the draft, but I'm going to take Khalil Shakir here, the Buffalo wide receiver. He's a pretty talented wide receiver, as we know, and he does have Gabe Davis, who he traded in um, throughout the year. So I just saw a little bit of an insurance policy mm. here. It's obviously a really good offense to be a part of, um, but it could be a juicy sort of one-two option in a couple of years' time when when Diggs gets a bit older. He's 29 this year, so um, he could slot right into that number three role in year one. Cole Beasley's gone. Um, there's not much else in their way in his way outside of Gabe Davis, and who knows, he could go past him. So um, I think I think that's my selection, and um, it fits on Jake's roster. So that rounds out the first two rounds, Benjamin. Two. Complete rounds there, hypothetically. Two hypothetical trades mixed <laughs> in amongst there and uh, felt like only two teams picking. Um, there was about five, I think. So hopefully we see a bit more excitement even in the first couple of rounds and a few more teams trade their way in. Would be a bit juicy, but uh, time will tell. So with our first couple of rounds done there, I think that is a nice, interesting exercise. And the thing I'm fascinated about most is, have we maybe influenced some of the decision-making? And if there's anything, you and I, we don't have any skin in this draft. So the most entertaining thing for us would be if we just got inside the heads of some people picking um, and just make them second guess maybe what they were planning to do or influence some trades would always be exciting. Absolutely, and um, before we before we finish up, I'd like to a big cheerio to to Hod and hope he's enjoying his date. Um, but the <laughs> work, two... mate, he's working. Oh, sorry, work. Um, there's two things I'm really looking forward to, and that is what is Steph doing at the 102? What has he traded up for? I can't wait to see what the answer <laughs> to that question is. And the other thing I can't wait for is how Steve's going to wrangle his way out of this dilemma he's in well not really a dilemma he's got seven first round picks but the man is on record for saying this time last year picks gain in value on the clock on the day and i'm not interested in draft picks i'm interested in players so he needs a trade partner uh, we've we've exercised one trade including him in this mock draft but it'll be very interesting to see the master at work uh, he's going to be, have a busy Saturday night, that's for sure. He has got the golden tongue and he will have that on full display on Saturday night. But Boy. that is a good reminder that Saturday night is where this all kicks off. Uh, and I'm looking for some fireworks from everyone involved. So get amongst yourself. The uh, the bloke I'm looking at in this podcast right now has stupidly got himself booked on a 6am flight the following day. So that's also going to be a fun one to monitor. Uh, as well as the panic in the DFF and the sensible haircuts trying to get their trades. It's all going to kick off. We'll definitely do a deep dive recap after it's all said and done. And hopefully 
the third bloke can grace us with his presence to sign off with a podcast over and out. But for now, it is see you at the draft.